totally independent music festival. Do the right thing and buy your tickets in advance. For the love of God. Now, enjoy this podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome to The Snug Presents Elu Le Gras. My name is Richard Loftus. And I'm Lavin. Uh, in this series, we will explore the uh, music and arts festival Elu Le Gras as it goes into its third year. Today, we are joined by Evan McSweeney, <laughs> uh, DJ, producer, uh, and co-founder, also known as Burley Mac. And we're also joined by uh, ink illustrator and artist Lizzie Madden. Hey. Hello, hello. Oh, yeah, welcome to the show, guys. Yeah, How are welcome. You? Thanks Hi. for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us, guys. No bother, no bother. Uh, how goes the prep? Um, the prep is going great, actually. Yeah, I think we're in we're in good shape. We're uh, four weeks out now, and yeah, everything's going to plan. To be honest, I think we learned a lot last year. Um, so yeah, it's just a tickets thing, really. Yeah, uh, just pushing the last of the tickets to get us to that level where we need to get to. Um, You're pretty close. Uh, I would say we're close in theory. Okay. Uh, in reality, uh, we've, we've a bit of a ways to go yet, but okay. you know, there's there's great interest in it um, this year in terms of awareness of the event. Uh, like last year, I think we, we put out an open call. This year, I think we had about 150 applications in okay. uh, versus last year we did the same open call. We probably had about 30 or 40, so the, the word is definitely spreading. Oh yeah, there you and go. Look, it's, not a big, it's not a big capacity event. It's... 500 people all in including artists and performers which will probably this year make up for i'd say you know 150 to 200 people easy so it's not a massive ask um Mm -hmm. but still it's i think that's just the trend in ireland people buy buy things last minute especially festival tickets so um but yeah we're we're way ahead of this year where we were last year four weeks out which is great okay i know that um myself i'm Dying to see Valerie June. She's playing up in Dublin uh, with uh, what's his name, Mick Flannery, I think. Oh, cool! But um, I I haven't bought the tickets yet, and I'm completely <laughs> obsessed with Valerie June. I've been listening to her for two years straight, and I still haven't bought the tickets yet. You know, yeah. it's just a very Irish thing. Last minute, buy the tickets. <laughs> yeah. you know? yeah. You're you're the reason why we're losing sleep at night. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's people like you. <laughs> yep. Watch, God. If we go um, start at the start, uh, it's usually a good place. Um, you're from Barna originally, is that correct? Yeah, well, actually, before I was actually born in Boston. Okay. Um, Out the road here, or uh, no, 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 in the states, states side. Boston states. Yeah. Okay. So uh, my family were over there, um, you know, pursuing the American dream. I was born, and then we relocated back to Galway. Okay. Um, in 1994, so I've been in Barna yeah since then. Okay. I moved away for a while and came back, but yeah, that's where the home house is. And then, where did you? When did you start kind of pursuing your your musical side of your career? Uh, when did I get into music? Uh, I played the, the guitar probably from, geez, what age was I? Maybe like for a couple of years up until secondary school, and then you know drinking became the cool thing then, and hanging out with the lads and kind of dropped the guitar then for a couple of years, and I got into DJing. They go hand in hand though, don't they? They do, yeah. I don't know. I was doing it wrong anyway. The, the, the bish wasn't really the the culture for. Well, yeah. I don't know. I just I just lost. I didn't. I guess I just lost interest in it for a while. Um, yeah. But yeah, I guess I was into music from a very young age, and then, um, yeah, and then I got back into DJing. Probably, I think was that that was actually the Evenster. I have memories of DJing. Um, I was like a bedroom DJ. I got a controller and started doing it as a hobby. You know, never thinking it would kind of turn into something I'd pursue professionally. Um, 
and I remember my first big like quote I'm doing the the air quotes here for people who are just <laughs> listening the first big break uh, I was DJing um, and one of my one of my best friends at the time his younger brother was having his 18th like a barbecue he was like oh they used to call me DJ McSweet at the time like, oh DJ McSweet they come play my birthday or my barbecue and I was like fuck or, can I curse on this or, oh, of course can. oh sorry <laughs> I was like oh shit it was my first gig whatever and uh, I went and I played and then like all his friends were there they're all turning 18 around that time so I was like oh will you do my one will you do my one so okay, I turned into great. this like 18th birthday DJ um, and then that turned into playing at Debs and Grads for the same crowd and then when I went to college in Dublin I was playing a bit in Dublin and yeah just since then really I've just been kind of at it yeah I yeah. got into producing in college then okay great music, and yeah. it was that um, were you pursuing that side of your 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 abilities when you moved to the States and I know you were in San Francisco for a while yeah uh, I guess like when I went to I went to San Francisco the first year between my third and fourth years of college um, did a, did a J1 well I didn't actually have to get a visa because I have the US passport yeah. but um, yeah I was still more of a kind of I guess it was just a bit of crack and a hobby then you know I wasn't really I would say pursuing it um, and then I got in with the Celtic Chaos crowd uh, I, I just sent them an email they were doing a, a Burning Man fundraising event it's like oh I'm a DJ from Galway I'm here for the summer uh, any chance of a DJ set and they're like yeah come on down and I went down I met all the crew there like Crow and oh, Natasha um and I ended up playing. I was meant. I was playing before Crow, who who tragically passed away. I think Tommy might have mentioned that in the first episode. I, I listened to their actual podcast that they did themselves. Yeah, they, 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 a big part of it that they were, you know, talking about Crow. Him yeah. and he kind of was the the founder of the Celtic. Yeah, Kings. yeah. Oh, he's a he was a huge figure um, in that camp. And in fairness to him, he gave me my break. Like I was I was uh, DJing before him for like two hours, and he was meant to play after, and then he's just like oh you keep playing man you've got the place rocking and from then i was just in in with the in with the crew like and they invited me to burning man and yeah like a funny story my first burn i uh, just started a job in a bank which was a crazy move i'm not i'm not a banker at all so i, I took this job in a bank and then like i think i started maybe the wednesday before burning man and i get a call off i say it was dahi probably called it's like oh man we've got a set for you at Burning Man you're going to play the Wednesday night it's after this wedding it's like the main night that you know you have to come there's a ticket and everything after like, this wedding no yeah so there's um, a, co- a couple got married that year oh, okay. at Celtic Chaos so it was like oh, you're okay. going to be the wedding DJ at the Burning Man like not obviously it's not like a typical wedding DJ set it's yeah, Burning yeah. Man and like I'd never been <laughs> Saw know. Doctors and yeah yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> so like there's this huge excitement and I was like oh shit I just have to start a new job like th- two days ago so I went into my manager I was like look I'm after being offered a, a set here at Burning Man it's a dream of mine to play there and in fairness to him he was so sound like he was like go for it man you know have nice. a buzz and then like obviously in the deep ply up there you know partying with all my friends I realised the grave decision I made for taking the bank job I was like oh my god I have to go back into a fucking bank <laughs> so uh, that was short lived I was there for about six or seven months I left then but yeah, that's my first Burning Man experience. Nice. You went off on a bit of a tangent there, sorry. No, it's fine. We do a lot of tangents here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, then you were kind of, for people that don't know you, um, what kind of stuff do you play? Uh, I play I play a bit of everything, to be honest. Um, mostly probably house, tech house. Uh, I don't play a whole lot of disco. I don't I sometimes play a bit of techno. But it's mainly kind of housey tech house stuff and produce music. Then I play like, you know, jazz, a bit of funk, soul, like whatever, really, a bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it depends. And is there a big scene then in San Fran then? 
yeah yeah big scene in san francisco yeah it's it's a thriving scene it was when i was there i'm sure it still is um lots of it's like there's there's you know world-class djs playing there every weekend there's a huge market for it so they have the crowd um so yeah i was playing i was with a, a collective over there called make it funky um so i, I think they how did, that, how did that come about i think i was playing a celtic chaos party and then they were brought into play as well and then we just hit it off and they're like hey do you want to join the collective then i was doing gigs with them around the city in monarch and underground sf and a few different venues um yeah and that was yeah that was the connection there with them and then you became kind of we were taken under um the wing of um a producer Osulande, is yeah. that the correct way to pronounce it? Yeah, so think of it, this, and it's funny because everyone pronounced it a different way, and I was the same. So think of it like Ocean Latte, but it's Ocean Latte. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And I heard him explain it that way to someone on the playa at Burning Man. I was like, oh, that makes sense. It's easy okay. to remember that okay. way. Well, if, if, but that was what actually, he says. That, yeah, that, that, was very, that was very good because I've heard some crazy attempts of saying it. <laughs> <laughs> like, how, do you, how do you spell it? O S U N L A D E. All right. Yeah. Ocean Latte. Yeah, there you go. But, yeah. How did you say it? Uh, well, I think he pronounced it with a bit of a H in there. Oshun Lade. Oshun Lade. Yeah. Yeah. And where's he from? Uh, he's from St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I met him. I, I Was I... I was I, I... I actually wasn't living in San Francisco um, when I met him. I'd, I'd moved back to Ireland. So I was in San Francisco for uh, three and a half years. And then I came back to Ireland. And then I went back to Burning Man. And it was the... Was it the last time I was there? No, it wasn't. It was the second time I went to Burning Man. I met Oshun Day. So he's also a big part of the Celtic Chaos camp. Um, okay. So he'd play every year. He's a resident DJ there and contributes massively to it. Um, and I met him the second time I was at the Burn. And we just hit it off. Had a great connection. And then after that, he was like, hey, I've got a gig in Morocco. Do you want to come? I was like, obviously, yes. <laughs> uh, no, no, <laughs> no, no not, right. not for me, no. I'm not interested in that. So, uh, yeah, then... then um, Where in Morocco? Uh, Marrakesh oh lovely yeah we didn't, that actually didn't act, that actually fell through in oh, the end okay. but, but uh, I guess the intention was set then and then I toured around with him for about I'd say probably a year and a half maybe a year and a half where he was mentoring me and you know kind of giving me a taste of that lifestyle and what's involved and you know like he's an iconic figure in the house music scene like he's like so wise and knowledgeable and everything it just taught me so much about the music kind of took my head out of the technical side of it of like oh you need to get this frequency right and that I was I got a bit too caught up in the technical side of it and he's like no music is about feeling how do you feel when you make music because people consume music as a it's a feeling like how does a song make you feel you don't really say I love that song because I can hear that hi-hat and I can hear that Mm. people don't most people don't consume it unless you're a producer you kind of listen to tracks like that so that was huge learning for me and I think it really helped me to develop my sound or just my relationship with my own productions um so yeah toured around with him which was like unbelievable crack like and then all the while we uh, you know I was sending him music and he was giving me feedback and you know he was a what's the word I'm looking for he was a a tough teacher like he'd say it as it is um which I'm which I'm grateful for now in hindsight at times it was kind of frustrating but uh yeah, and then we we were, I was on a trip uh, to St. Louis, and we were in the studio one night, having a few beers, having a bit of crack, and we started jamming, making some music, and then we ended up making this track. And he's like, "Oh, I like this. Let's 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 make let's make a another a couple more." So I think we made like two or three tracks then, and then he came to visit me in Ireland. So he was actually staying in Berna, and we made another two or three tracks. And then we actually put out an EP on his label, Yoruba Records, as Polarity. 
Um, and that did really well. That sold out. And then we started touring off the back of that. And we played in Switzerland, um, San Fran, New York, Croatia, uh, Paris, London. And then we were due to play in um, Watergate in Berlin. But it was like the week before or the week after lockdown. Like the whole, everything went lockdown then. So that was kind of the story with the show today. And obviously we're such close mates since. And we we're over and back. And he's coming to play this year, which is super special for all of us um but yeah we'll get back to making tunes together as well yeah time. so he, he's gonna he's gonna headline this year he's gonna he? headline he's gonna headline the saturday night yeah yeah we have him on saturday we've axel bowman then on sunday and we've you and you and as well uh who's gonna play before oshun day on the saturday and then we potentially have a really special guest lined up for the friday night uh shout out to rob monroe and bally for potentially <laughs> hooking something up there but oh, i can't nice. say anything yet it's early days but it could be a really really prominent irish name to join the bill and then we've got obviously like lo- like a huge lineup of local talent, Irish talent. So like the lineup, Richie we're re- Kavanagh. Say again. You got Richie Kavanagh. Uh, no, we don't. Okay, no. That was just the special guest that they're having on the front. Yeah, you just night. spoiled it. You just spoiled it. <laughs> See, <laughs> cat is out of the bag. The cat's out of the bag. <laughs> uh, yeah. So no, we're really, sorry. We're, no, no, it's all good. Next year, next year. But um. No, we're really proud of the lineup. We, I think we're showcasing a lot of local local talent and collectives from Galway, and you know we've 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 done our best to to give everyone a platform, really. Like, and then you know the the vast majority of the lineup is Irish based, and then we've brought in maybe selfishly f- a couple of our favorite international artists. And we're like, feck it, like why not? So um, you're a co-founder. Um, so what's your role vis-a-vis the, the festival itself? Are you uh, looking for artists? Are you, are you uh, one of the ones trying to... I guess my my role is, like, like I, I take care of more of the business side of it. So, like, the marketing, the creative kind of branding of the event, like, the website ticketing, the social media plan, like, dealing with the guards and the <laughs> insurance documents, all that side of it, and then kind of overall pro- project management. <clears throat> but, like you know the, the fest like we're all wearing many hats like uh, the, as it evolves there's more defined roles developing so we're kind of fitting into that we're seeing what works but we're all doing we're all doing different bits like you know i don't think i exclusively do anything or any other lads exclusively do anything we're all collaborating together but as it does evolve i seem to be kind of leaning more towards that side like tommy's more on the building side of it um but yeah so yeah yeah that's kind of the way it's worked out and did you meet tommy first at Burning Man, I, I know a lot of people have come out of that experience. Uh, no, when did I first meet Tommy? Uh, I would have been, let me think now, way back when. I met, would have met Kelly first, or Dahi first in college. We had a shared shared interest in partying. So uh, we, we <laughs> that's where we first. The clean version. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd have uh, shared interest in socializing, but that's, yeah, I think I, I came, became great friends with uh, Dahi first and then because um, we were both in college in Dublin um, and we had a group back then I can't remember the, what was the name of our group we had some group that we all used to go to gigs together Okay. and then Tommy was a regular feature then as well um, but I can't remember like I think it was like we're all from Galway we'd all we'd all see each other the same nights out and that it's a small town it's exactly like, it's know. a small town so yeah and then uh, it was college and then after college living in San Francisco Dahi was there as well and he was Dahi's one of the main guys at Celtic Chaos so there's just the three of us have been all kind of mingling in the scene for a long time and it's just kind of developed to this point now where we're doing the the, the event yeah um, Lizzie we're just going to switch to you for a sec yeah. um, you got involved you were a punter for the first uh, Elu Le Gras, is that correct? yeah I was yeah um, so I met Evan 
about two months beforehand and yeah we kind of clicked it off straight away and he said he had had a festival coming up and we're kind of straight out of lockdown really at the time so yeah it's absolutely like buzzing to go to a festival a small Irish one and yeah it was beautiful it was in Roscommon was it? Roscommon yeah. yeah yeah and yeah it was lovely um so I went up and I hadn't really known many people there at all I knew Evan a few weeks and it was just such a lovely experience such a lovely like special festival and just great people and good music good artwork and good good vibes yeah. and yeah I met Tommy then I met all the lads and yeah it's been brilliant since yeah and then you're kind of you're more hands-on then in CAA season two yeah because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do artwork and then I think I think you maybe had asked me afterwards do you like would you like to do some artwork for the next year so I was like absolutely love to get like more involved in it and yeah then last year I ended up doing some of the kind of digital artwork that we used for like the Instagram the social media and for like the poster and that kind of stuff and yeah I actually ended up going to the workshop with the lads as well in the summertime and helping do a little bit of the crew stuff like it was my first time kind of doing that so yeah you did a lot you did a lot ah uh, I kind of like learning learning with the lads and us going to the workshop and like watching and everything like that um but yeah it's just a great environment and a great buzz to be honest like everyone's yeah. just here having a laugh and like Evan said like everyone wears like many hats so you're just kind of helping out and yeah it's really really nice and um when did you start off like was there art in your family uh you know you know there actually wasn't um like I think like neither of my parents would be creatives but like I think like uncles um who would be like good drawers and good sketchers and that kind of thing um but now in fairness to my parents like they I think they really did see it when I was growing up and they helped like nurture it and they really did encourage it um which is lovely and yeah I went to the Limerick School of Art and Design then and I did printmaking um for four years there so it's always been with me and I took a little break then I went to Boston actually myself after college for a few years and I was working there um I didn't do any art then so came home at the start of the lockdown and yeah like actually really lucky time and to meet Evan and the lads and kind of realized I wanted to be getting into more involved with like the music scene and the festivals and all of that yeah yeah and how would you kind of describe your art uh, this is an audio this is an audio it's hard isn't it <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. um so my own art would be kind of they're illustrations ink illustrations but they do definitely kind of resemble there's definitely some like woodcut printmaking kind of characteristics towards it so a lot of people look at my drawings like oh that like a woodcut or line of cut and i'm like no it's just how i actually draw it so um so yeah ink illustrations and i suppose with like the alu lads as well like for the digital content we'd have a good few chats and we're kind of seeing what we can change and colors and yeah it's been actually a good experience for me and uh, just to work with like what else can we do and yeah me talking about i suppose tomas i think did a bit of the he edited some of the drawings didn't he yeah so so lizzie did the balls the kind of oh, i guess they're balls glowing orbs the orbs the orbs yeah um yeah and then so we, we again like we use them as a collage for the poster and then I was like, oh, it'd be cool if we could make these moves. So then Tomas, that was on the podcast with Tommy, uh, like he's a wizard with that kind of stuff. Oh, that's, okay. That's yeah, yeah. So Tomas, then I was like, can you make these balls move, or these spheres move? <laughs> and I, I had some neon light to me. And he's like, yeah, yeah, no worries, I'll do it. And then he sent back and I was like, oh my God, this is class. That kind of just eventually became the poster artwork. Yeah. Um, but it, cha- it changes every year. Like, I guess the first year, 
one of our good friends, Sinead, she drew up the original poster. And then the next year, then for year two, uh, we took the centerpiece of that artwork, which is the kind of the the two people back to back, and we cut that out. And then asked Lizzie, "Hey, like we want to make like do something with this, but freshen it for 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 this year coming." And then Lizzie did the mushrooms and the sign. What was it mushroom sign and the big heart? Oh yeah, yeah. I did it. like I have a heart made out of like plants and yeah. kind of like alien kind of type of plants, really kind of psychedelic, y twisty, and different colors and. Yeah. Um, yeah, like so then we just took all that artwork and then kind of created a collage and that funneled into all the social media artwork then. Yeah. Um yeah, and then this year it evolved to the spheres and then Freya's art piece as well, which is the kind of woman with the stuff shooting out from the back. So it's it's a real mixed match, but there there is something there, there's some consistency to it. But like we we do like to involve people who are, you know, in the community who've come to the event who have some sort of connection to the festival because they 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 you know that inspires some piece of art that's like unique to us as opposed to like you know going online and just finding a graphic yeah, designer yeah, yeah. and saying here you need to make yeah. it look cool and bougie or you know what i mean it's yeah, just, yeah. It, it's 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 not special to us then like so i think that's that's our plan going forward is to always involve some artist or s- someone in the community to to contribute to the artwork each year yeah mm-hmm. um a lot of the stuff that you have on your social media and stuff it's kind of um inspired by Irish mythology and stuff like that it is yeah it is I have a huge girlfriend and just the animals here and native and the creatures and I think actually from like living abroad to coming back home I really do appreciate that more uh, so that's really coming forth I think in the artwork um, which is really nice yeah you're never like Celtic, a lot of Celtic knotwork yeah a lot of no. yeah a lot of Celtic knotwork which is funny I was living in Connemara there for like the last year I moved there um, whereabouts in in Inverin. Okay, great. So yeah, I was living there. It was a beautiful place. Um, really, really nice. But yeah, I was like straight into the like Gwaeltoc there, and so I really came home from Boston straight into like Ireland, which is lovely. But, Can you speak Irish? Uh, I would not be fluent. Couple of fuckle. Couple of fuckle, yeah. But um, I do love it, and I try to like kind of title anything Oscuelga, which is great. Yeah, it's nice to get the few words in. Like to be honest with you. I'm doing Duolingo there for the last year and I'm just a shite like you know I could never I'd be embarrassed to try and have a conversation it's with funny something. what you kind of learn off Duolingo it's like the monkey is wearing the red yeah hat. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. where are the yellow skirts <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah it's nice to embrace it a bit yeah definitely can. so yeah I'm really kind of diving into the whole Celtic stuff now and teaching myself how to do the knot work and there's like a lot of patience with it and like the way I actually I suppose approach my artwork is I feel like I'm like in the stone age in a way like I kind of draw like very traditional um so I draw everything by hand and then scan it in and I could probably be saving a lot of time by doing a digital but I think it's the printmaker in me that likes to do it the old-fashioned way and yeah <laughs> yeah well you're better off just know what, go what you know yeah and then exactly. you know you can build your skills as you go on yeah. like you'd probably know better than that than me now to be honest with you, are, you are the artist oh yeah well, I've never used digital I yeah just, that's it I'm like you know, I don't know why I'm like I feel like I'm like allergic to it you know I know there's yeah. so much ways I could make it easier and quicker but it's a wonderful tool and <laughs> for those who can use it it's fantastic and I'm glad that it, that it exists but for me it's I much prefer traditional media you know yeah. same as yourself you know for fine artists yeah <laughs> purists yeah purists yeah exactly I wouldn't call myself a purist it's just that I don't have the skills for Photoshop that's mm. a whole other learning Mm. thing you have to see you have to kind of you i guess you could teach yourself but there's a real learning curve when it comes to screens 
for, for myself anyway. Yeah, mm-hmm. But again, I think it's wonderful that people have that avenue to, to work with, you know, but just, <laughs> I just know how to use my hand and have a fucking paint, like a, like a, like a paintbrush on the end of it. That's all I do. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And that's the nice thing actually about helping out in the workshop as well. Like all the lads, you know, they're great at like the woodwork of Emmett and Tommy and all that. So picking up some like hands-on skills is brilliant. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. really mm-hmm. cool. Um, and how did you end up with your work um, being projected then? Oh yeah. It was so up in Dublin, wasn't it? It is. So yeah. it's actually up in Grogan's at the moment and on Capel Street. Um, there's two projections. So someone just actually reached out to me on Instagram and he works for Dodica and they were doing it and he said would I be interested in it and yeah uh, his name is Mark and we actually ended up being kind of friends like we're friends of friends and uh, similar groups Um, so yeah it's getting projected now which is brilliant and I then entered one of my pieces in for the St. Bridget's Day um, campaign. And that got selected as well this year. So that was brilliant. Oh, okay, wonderful. that's great. Yeah, yeah so it got uh, projected onto a couple of buildings in Kildare. So yeah, it was really cool. We, we actually, we, I asked Izzy, would she try to get our logo projected onto the she side? She did, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't, so I don't think that's appropriate. <laughs> He's always actually asking me, can I get stuff? Yeah. <laughs> sure, you might as well. Like, but you know, up there. But actually, good. you know what? The spheres we did for ALU, they are being projected onto Cable Street. Oh, class. <laughs> Just without the ALU look. <laughs> so we're halfway there. <laughs> if, pe- if people ask, you can tell them. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so going forward for... Um, um, for this year then like did you have a particular team when you were doing the art for it what, what was it that you uh, had in your particular head yeah, when you were... a call about it and we were... <laughs> yeah it was uh, what was the team I, I think kind of yeah we were thinking like last year was very kind of earthy and a bit like the it mushrooms was, yeah. and then this year Botanical. when we had Freya's piece and then we put it into a collage with the kind of exploding star behind it and they were like, oh, there's something there. It's a bit more cosmic-y and bright and like yellow. And then that kind of just fed into a very loose brief. Like what Lizzie came back with, those fears were unreal. I was like, yeah. oh my God, nailed it. So I didn't even, it was, but, they were great. Like, But, but that's the nice thing of the, like not having a very like tight brief as well because it kind of allows you to be creative as well. Yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah, we kind of would spend with like cosmic uh, colors were like kind of warm oranges, yellows. Yeah. which is nice and that yeah. kind of, I think. From cottage core to like cyberpunk or something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. But uh, I think I think like those colors that I do represent a Luke because it's a happy festival as well. Yeah, happy, so warm, too. and good good vibes. So yeah, it was yeah, it kind of probably works well as well since you're kind of moved to um, a summertime kind of date. Exactly. As yeah, well, that was another know. part of it too, changing yeah. up to kind of a more bright sun summer feeling to it. So yeah, like we have a couple of different color versions of the spheres as well. Yeah, we do. But the ones that we use for the poster and the artwork. Um, that's that's I think that's the best fit. But we've got like a green one that we're going to use for the sustainability posts and stuff like that. So will your artwork will that be um, actually physically visible on site? Will you have anything? Uh, you know, great idea. It will be now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I think to be honest, uh, if Tomas is doing projections, we could definitely get something yeah. up as well. Yeah. Um. So I think yeah, there's definitely potential to get stuff projected, and I'll definitely come down to the workshop. I think like the week or two beforehand and just help um tell them what they're doing wrong I don't know exactly. I'll help yeah. paint a lot that's why I actually was doing a bit last year I was painting bits and bobs so the lads would be building these big stage pieces and I'd be spraying them and that kind of stuff so yeah it's really mm. nice to do like the bigger work because I'm usually drawing with tiny pencils so, yeah yeah, yeah it challenges me too <laughs> like as you say challenges there for yourself um Evan um 
what's the challenges that you've oh. ran it? I'm sure that you wrote, yeah, there are many. Are How we, long we, do you we, have? Are we keeping this to an hour? Or? <laughs> uh, challenges. I, like, well, challenges. Um, there's like, I think it's just, the, to be honest, the, the, the biggest challenge really is, is, is just getting people to buy the tickets ahead of time to kind of give you that security because yeah. at the end of the day you're taking on like you're taking on a huge risk running a festival especially if it's independent we've no sponsors so at the end of the day the book falls with a very very small crew of us so that that's really the thing that is the most challenging like I feel everything else um, based on our experience last year and the event that we pulled off like I feel like we're confident as a group that we can deliver a great show. Mm. Um, like we've a great team there. We've got amazing help, and there's really good energy from the community going there. So, in terms of like challenges, that feels like the only kind of sizable one. Everything else, it's a lot of work. Like you know, but there's yeah. a lot of people involved to make it happen. But I wouldn't say there's anything that's like a massive like hindrance to any of us. Uh, it just takes a lot of time. Like you know. Um, so but I don't think personally I, I wouldn't say there's anything that's jumping out right now that's like oh that's really challenging so in terms of trying to uh, say essentially get bums on seats or whatever mm-hmm. um, so I know you did that kind of taste of Elu in the 126 gallery yeah, yeah that was great yeah so that was kind of the idea just to uh, just to give people who like so, so I think so la- last year like so f- from from the first year it was essentially like a private party you know there was 140 people there uh, and we sold out that year so I think that gave us a sense of like oh we sold out this you know we're going to do 500 next year if all those people come back and bring two friends and everybody was raving about it it was yeah, a great yeah. event we're like this should be no no bother at all and then I guess what we were met with last year was because it was the first summer outside of COVID there was so much on that by the time the the end of the summer came around and we were pushing tickets it was like you know people were burnt out yeah. broke and just like not around weddings and it was just a really yeah. busy summer so that was really challenging so this year we've moved it again back to the start of the summer and with the hope of of that will stimulate some more tickets and we've we, we like we definitely have a way bigger reach this year a lot more people know about it um like we've had some some big publications like 44 magazine uh Nyler 9 and this is Galway they they all posted about it organically okay that's great yeah so yeah. they're all giving us coverage and they're, they're happy to support us because we're an independent festival so like I think um like we've gotten I think like 35,000 people watched our lineup reel when we put that out okay great and you know our website over the last 90 days is that like I don't know like a couple of thousand visitors so like there's people looking at it but it's like what does it take for them to actually have the confidence to pull the trigger but I think you know I think we've done the best we can so far with the tools that we have we've we've put out an after movie which Tomas and his crew uh, his brother James and Daniel they put together it's class like captures the the magic of the event we've had some friends of ours who are photographers come down and take amazing photos like I feel like we've presented ourselves to the public as best we can and now it's kind of just like up to the universe like will yeah, will yeah. will it come come good when it needs to and i like i believe it will and there's a great buzz around it like we are doing we are doing well with tickets but we 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 need to get the extra push now to, to make it the proof of concept really like yeah yeah it's just um it's all a learning curve anyway isn't it it's a like, huge you know, learning curve yeah 
curve just keeps I feel like I'm going around we're going around in circles now it's just like this curve that just keeps going but uh, a sphere a sphere or some might say and, uh, there you go that's the, that's that there you go that's the connection of the artwork this year it's this never-ending learning curve <laughs> you picked that up well uh, picking up balls is fine <laughs> uh, yeah no, it's a big learning curve but I think the learning curve was steeper last year because we went okay. from from a private kind of event to okay everything's legit now we got to get insurance we got to talk to the county council uh, the guards we got to do you know like talk to neighbors um there's just there was just so much more going you know legit let's say uh it just it was a whole other event whereas now that we've all that learning behind us that this year it was kind of cookie cutter to a degree but it was a lot more emphasis on how can we beef up the experience and the production and the the lineup and you know how can we how can we kind of continue that positive momentum forward um so yeah loads of learnings and i'm sure there'll be plenty more in the next four or five weeks well, it's, 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 <laughs> it's, it's all it's all grown pains isn't it yeah exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and it's great that you can build year on year like you Definitely. know that what you've done for last year goes to this year yeah. and the next year the same like yeah um and then turns of lineup, um, pronounce his name again. Ocean oh, Ocean Lade. Oh, yeah. I think I got it there. You got well. it there. Well, fair, fair. Um, so obviously he's doing you a, a, a favor, helping out the festival grow yeah. and stuff like that coming on. And then how about the like the other um, la, mainliners? Um, yeah. So so it's it's funny actually. Like so, my younger brother Timmy. Um, we asked him to to come on board this year and he, he basically led the social media last year and i said like do you want to have a go at booking djs and, and taking on that role and then he was like oh yeah 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 i'll do whatever and he blows enthusiasm and then he started getting on to like all sorts of artists that we would we, we wouldn't have ourselves got on because like they're gonna be way out of our budget you know that's like like we won't be able to afford people like that and like in fairness he he, he hit up a load of big big names that we all love but then like Axel Bowman's one of our favourite artists collectively as a group like he's one of my favourite artists since I got into house music I absolutely love his music who's that again? Axel Bowman Axel so, Bowman yeah so he's playing on this on the Sunday he's okay, um, yeah uh, is he based in Australia? no Sweden Sweden he's a label studio Barnhouse um, so, so I think it was a long way to come from Australia but yeah. Sweden's a bit yeah, more well, like, uh, Ocean Lade's uh, actually flying from Detroit for the gig wow. he's coming in from the coming in on the Thursday and staying until the Tuesday um, but yeah so anyway Timmy fired off an email to Axel Bowman and then came back and we were like that's not how, like that's doable and we were all like it was one of those moments we were all like jumping around like screaming like oh my god <laughs> you know like such excitement like and they're the kind of moments that are special when you organize these things because a lot of the time it's like this is so much work and it can be stressful but then there's other times where it's like that's a dream come dream come true for us to bring an artist like that to Galway yeah and to bring us on the day it's like it's 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 great to kind of take stock and step back and like look at the poster and be like this is happening in Galway this is great like for for the scene here um so yeah, it was T- Timmy. Timmy was responsible for that. That was his his big delivery this year. So Good shout out to Timmy. Good man. To me. Yeah. yeah. And actually, he's doing a. Well, I suppose by the time this podcast is aired, it'll be a lapse. But he's doing a night uh, in the Roisin Dove on Monday. So they started a collective called Funk House after Ada Legras, and they're flying it. They're like selling out uh, the Roisin, selling out the cellar. I think this is going to be their fifth gig now. So, so that's there's a lot of organic growth that comes out of Elu Legras because you have yeah. the, the all lag lads and whoever else like yeah. so it seems like year on year that there's something else popping up out of it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's there there's a lot came out of it last year, and there's even things that you know we don't really hear about till after the fact, just like small stories of people that met and collaborated in some way, and 
again, it's hearing those kind of stories is a big part of why we do it. It keeps us motivated. Kind yeah. of reminds us like, oh, this is a good, positive thing. And then for um, your own stuff, I actually forgot to ask you, where does the, the Birdie Mac come from? The name? Yeah. Oh, it was just... <laughs> uh, when I was in secondary school, um, some of my friends used to call me Burly Arms McSweet. That was a nickname, Burly Arms McSweet. And you didn't go with that? No, I didn't go <laughs> like, like when I was in... When I first got into DJing as a hobby and a bit of crack with my... Like, just doing it from the bedroom, uh, they always call me DJ McSweet. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm not... You know, and the reason I came up with a DJ name was when I went to America and I was getting gigs and I was putting on posters as my name. It was like all these, like, you know, DJ, like, DJ names on a poster. It was like Evan McSweeney. I was like, oh, I need to come up with something a little cooler than that. <laughs> so myself and one of my best mates, uh, Ronan Larkin, and another friend of mine from California, we were we were drinking whiskey and smoking joints one night and we were like oh we need to come up with some name we need to come up with a name like and i was like i'm not gonna be mcsweet so they're like okay uh what about what about uh what is, it was, they were like what what nicknames do you have when you're younger and i was like oh burly arms and sweet and like oh call like what about burly 91 that was the year you were born burly 91 and i was like oh i don't know about that and then i told someone like, it's like that's already your password to all <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. that's my password to all my bank accounts <laughs> and then uh we were out like uh yeah and then anyway that just evolved to to someone like burley mac and then it just kind of stuck it was a bit, it was a bit of a crack like and it just stuck you know there's no that's there's no like metaphorical meaning behind yeah, it yeah. yeah and then um there's no metaphorical meaning to burley mac <laughs> no no not really. there you go <laughs> um and then your um the show that you do on uh dublin district radio yeah uh in the room correct yeah yeah, yeah. um so what was the idea of uh, the idea behind that was something I was procrastinating on for years. Like one of my mates, Breen McNamara, he he founded Dublin Dillon Radio. Jeez, I don't know how long ago now. Like, yeah, I don't know how long ago, but years ago. And I was like, oh, I'd love to do a radio show. And I kept saying to him, he's like, yeah, man, just like do one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I just kept procrastinating on it and procrastinating on it. And then towards after Aidle Girl last year, coming up towards Christmas, I was like, oh, I want to put more energy into my music next year. And I was like, I'm going to apply for a radio show because that'll be something to keep me accountable and it'll be a way of putting myself out there too and overcoming some fear of doing a radio show. And so I, I just submitted an application and I actually forgot about it. And then I think like two, like six weeks later, I got an email. It's like, oh, you got the show. How's Monday sound? And I was like, oh, shit, okay, <laughs> let's real. do it. It's real, yeah. <laughs> so that was really the start of it then. And I've done four of them now. And the last one, myself and my brother Timmy, we did a back-to-back DJ set for it. So it was really fun. Nice. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And it kind of gets the um, the word out about ALU as well, I suppose. Yeah, you can yeah. promote it as much as you can. Absolutely, yeah. And I think next, my it's actually due next Monday again. So I'm going to do uh, just exclusively music from artists who are performing at ALU Gras. Um, I won't be able to fit everyone in because it's like, we've got like 70 or 80 artists, but I'll get as many as I can. Try your best. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speed it up, baby. Yeah, yeah. Nice tempo. <laughs> and Lizzie, um, I know you're um, you're Limerick-based. Or you know you were Limerick-based, but you're after moving up to, um, yeah, to so Dublin. Yeah, so I'm from Limerick, um, but I just moved to Dublin there about three weeks ago. So yeah, so fresh there, but you come back to Galway now for a little bit of work. <laughs> yeah. So um, any plans? What would you like to do going forward with the art? Um, that's a good question. I'm not I'm still figuring that out, but I think more vessel work and just more illustrations and freelance work. I'd actually love to do a book il- illustration. That's yeah. always been like a dream of mine to illustrate some type of book. So manifesting that and yeah, hopefully that'll come come forth. What you call it? Um Edu Le Gras is probably a great um 
it'll open doors for you I'm sure when Definitely. people see your art and the, the way the way it'll get shared so much and stuff like that's that that's it like. and to be honest it's such a nice festival in that it's not huge either in that like you actually make friends there you meet people you have conversations with people and like the last two years I've walked away from it like getting to know new people new connections like you have Instagram followers and all that and it's brilliant so yeah. it's really good to just like connect and make make friends which is a brilliant thing to do at this age you know yeah. it's great yeah what you got um I imagine it's quite a challenge though as well because the market is kind of saturated at certain points with festivals and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but what you're doing seems to be, you know, quite unique. Yeah, I think, like, I don't know if there's many other festivals around that are so community focused and are so small and still have, you know, a good sizable lineup. And I think, you know, I really, you know, we're proud of our level of production, like the, the attention to detail we put into stage design into like a big part for us is like you know i think it's great going to a gig and there's amazing music on but if you can if you can transform a space so you walk into somewhere and you're like jesus where like where am i is this you know am i in a field in roscommon or am i in marrakesh in morocco you know what i mean it's like we, we want to create an experience for people so they get lost in it not just listening to great music but having the experience of a totally different environment um so I'm not saying like other other obviously other festivals do that as well, but I think the combination of our size and then the community involvement, um, and just the I guess the grassroots nature of it, and then bringing in some some you know like amazing artists from around the country and abroad gives it a, something special. Yeah. So for the uh, most important question, where can they get those tickets? Uh, you can get tickets uh, on alulagraw.ie, and that'll link you to our ticket page and yeah have at it <laughs> <laughs> Lizzie where can we find your stuff um, on Instagram at the moment so Lizzie Madden artist and yeah I'm in the midst of making a website okay. um, so for selling prints and all of that very good yeah. very good and yourself Burley Mac is out there yeah I've got an, um, an Instagram page I don't have a website yet uh, I might do that too and <laughs> I also have stuff on Spotify um yeah in, the usual is instagram facebook spotify and soundcloud and yeah plan on releasing loads more music after it will grow good that's the plan yeah get back into it yeah yeah do you vent to add over there no the what no do you vent to add over there me yeah nope. <laughs> <laughs> right Not at all <laughs> so uh, thanks so much for joining us lads thank you so much uh, for look out us. for uh, Elu Le Gras on Instagram and uh, online and uh, the Schnog podcast with a H yep uh, thanks for joining us thanks so much guys thanks, pleasure thank you very pleasure. much for coming in here yeah mm. thank you Schlanke <laughs>